Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast. I am Adam Lavecki, and I am here with DK Kim, and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast. Episode 18, Sex Ed. So we're here with quite a group, a lot of firepower today. Um, Greg Quinlan, who's the founder of the Center for Garden State Families. He used to be a gay and he was a, a lobbyist and uh, very active in the political realm. And Jesus and the gospel has transformed his life. We got Monica back on. She used to hate the whites. And uh, she was all, all types of confusion. And God transformed her life. So just for me to just sit with these folks is encouraging for me and DK here. Because today we're going to get into it. We want to we wanna hear from them. Uh, on what God has done in their life and how we can be active in serving the Lord and reaching out to people who are hurting. At the end of the day, um, all of those different expressions are just expressions of pain and people crying out for help. And so I'm really excited uh, to be with Greg today. Greg Quinlan and I, we go back a long time. I love and respect Greg. And one of the things that's really important to think about is When you see someone who has been doing the same thing and walking in the same direction for a long time, it's obvious that they're committed to the Lord and his purposes for their life. So Greg, it's an honor, you know, to be with you today. I think we first met at, it was like a for marriage rally in Trenton, when? More than 10 years ago, like They started flying me back and forth here in 2006. Yeah. So we are looking at, this is, oh, wow. Must have been 2007, right? It had to be 2006 or 7, because I was doing rallies all over the place before I moved here, because I didn't move here physically until 2008. Wow. Yeah. So we go back a while, and we were in Trenton kind of uh, protesting, as Protestants are known for. And uh, so we're out there kind of just saying, like, marriage is between a man and a woman, and that was God's idea from the beginning. Um, and so Greg was all about that. And it's really interesting because obviously before Jesus, he was in no way about that. And so now he's opposing uh, what he used to you know, support. support. Yeah. So it's really interesting to see how the transformation takes place. Greg, I want to ask you just a question. As it relates to the transformation of your soul your sexuality, identity, habits, desires, practices. Like, there was also a trend. Was there, like, a change also in how you saw politics? Like, like explain to me. Here's the Explain thi- to me mm-hmm. the different changes that you experienced. Well, I'm 64 years old, and I'm not cooked yet. So I'm still changing. <laughs> I'm still crucifying some flesh. I drive in New Jersey, so I have issues every time I get behind the wheel. And then the people here in New Jersey also drive in the grocery store the same way they drive on the road. So they're the only person in the store, and they don't care who they run over or get in front or cut off or jam, you know, run over. Anyway, um, uh, all I want to say is that uh, when I came to the Lord at nine years old, 
and grew up with a angry, rageaholic father and a hypercritical mother. Uh, and then I was introduced to sex at 10 years old by looking at porn. And porn changes your brain. It's as addictive as heroin. We have science to back that up. This, yeah. this is, I'm not talking crazy here. I'm talking real replicated scientific studies that show that when you are watching porn, the same neural pathways that are developed in your brain watching that are the same neural pathways you have on a high with dope, with a, a heroin because of the dopamine, because of the serotonin, and the oxytocin. Oxytocin is a pretty powerful hormone. It's called the bonding hormone. It's the same hormone that a mother excretes when she's breastfeeding her baby, and the baby excretes it too. Helps them bond. That's the same thing too. This is why God said wait to have sex. Yeah. Wait, because you're supposed to bond with that one person that you first have sex with. Bond with them and be bonded to them forever. As Jesus said in Matthew 19, 4 through 6, when he says, haven't you read that in the beginning the creator made them male and female? And a man shall leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife, and then the two shall become one flesh. Therefore, what God is doing together, let no man separate. In that verse, Jesus Christ, quoting Genesis in five places, yeah. uh, Jesus Christ, perfect God and sinless man in one body, right there described marriage, described family, and defined sex. Yeah. And LGBTQIA-XYZ isn't in there. And why do I say LGBTQIA-XYZ? Because they've tripled the alphabet. <laughs> With these insane, crazy, unrealistic fantasy, uh, just, just really, truly, mentally uh, nuts uh, identities that make no sense at all. Uh, and it, it, it's impossible to change your chromosomal makeup, even with the transgender folks. Um, you have a transgender surgery, you chop off body parts, you're taking all sorts of hormones. Guess what you're doing? You're violating your own chemical and chromosomal makeup. And no matter what you do, you remain XX or XY. You remain what you were at birth. So God has already assigned who you are. Is for all of us, including every one of us at this table, regardless of where we came from, we accepted the manufacturer's guidelines and chose to follow them. And it's a choice. It's a choice to follow Jesus. It's a choice to live according to his plan because his plan is the way that works best for us and our biology and our mental capabilities because we were created for a purpose and that purpose was fellowship with him. Amen. So you get saved, right? And there's a transformation of desires, right? My desires got corrupted when I was 10 after I got saved because I had no discipleship. Gotcha. Then I was fighting this, but it had messed up my head because I was 10 years old. Yeah. I'm not supposed to know this stuff. Yep. My brain isn't ready for that. The uh, uh, you At that age, you think and react emotionally with the uh, amygdala in your brain. You don't have the frontal cortex, the, the risk aversion. Logic center. The logic yeah. center, yes. Yeah. You have no logic. And then you and I know people who are older than I am that have no logic. Just feelings. So, yes, yes. <laughs> it's all done by feelings. So... Um, so uh, I had this issue, didn't have nowhere to go, because I wasn't going to tell Archie Bunker, my father, you know. Cause was there abuse involved, too? Yeah, yeah I was physically abused. Okay. Not sexually abused by them, but I was physically abused. My dad was a rageaholic and used to beat me up on a regular basis. My mother would get between him and me. 
Wow. So, and but my mother could be, you know, she was as she was as uh, she could be as harmful with her tongue as dad was with his, you know, screaming and yelling with his fist. Um, but um, uh, so I, I did everything I could, and it was a point where I was suicidal. It was either come out of the closet or commit suicide. Wow. And and you can't. Do you pray the gay away? No. You need to understand where the wound came in, and then you need to have the discipline to change to do the changes you need to make which is true of all of us yes okay so that transformation came later and part of it was because as a nurse i watched a hundred of my friends and acquaintances die of aids before i quit counting a hundred more since then i got involved with the human rights campaign fund because i said this is the organization not because of the political agenda necessarily because i saw them as the organization that was going to get all the money we need to fight this terrible virus so we could get a cure for it by the way if you've noticed now 30 years later we don't have a cure because it's a virus and all viruses mutate Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. that's why we don't have a vaccine because the virus keeps mutating. So you know, and that's the same way with the thing that we just went through. It just keeps mutating. Yeah. These vaccines don't work. I'm sorry, they yeah. don't. But that's, that's whole, cool. That's another problem. You're good. This is the so, freedom of speech yeah. here. Okay, all we right. believe in the First and Second right. Amendment. Yeah, no, no one gets canceled on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, uh, so that's what I was looking for. That's what the treatments. I even had a face to face with Anthony Fauci in 1990, but that's another story. So uh, it was a friendly conversation, but I confronted him on the AZT. And, uh, well, that's a whole other story. That's another program. Well, so if you want to get into it, we're, we're, we can take the gloves off and, and just slug, slug it out here. Well, let's, let's go with the redemptive part, and then we'll start slugging at another time. Uh, I'll come to you, and you'll buy me dinner. Okay, uh, that's, that's the way we'll do it. Anyway, um, so uh, um, I came out of the closet um, and became a, uh, there, and then later became this gay activist, only because of the AIDS epidemic. But because I was a part of the Human Rights Campaign Fund, as it was called, and now it's just HRC, not Hillary Rodham Clinton, but Human Rights Campaign Fund. The other bad one. Yeah, the other bad one, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> very good. And so, um, uh, but it didn't take long to be uh, absorbed into the rest of the agenda. What I remember happening was- Interesting, did you that, hear that? Absorbed, mm-hmm. absorbed, mm-hmm. absorbed into the rest really of the interesting. agenda. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it, it's you're around. You become who you associate with. You become who you hang with. You absorb all this stuff. It just you do. You just absorb mm-hmm. all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, that was really I, powerful. You become who what you hang with. Yeah. You become who you hang with. You become who you associate with. Mm-hmm. We had an apostle from Kenya. Every time he said a great, a great uh, quote, he said, write that down. <laughs> I just said, write that down. So that was powerful because Greg is saying something here. Listen, this is, this is for people. You become who you associate yourself with continually. Mm-hmm. Write that down. Yeah. Show me and your you need friends, to let I'll your, show you your future. That, very good, because you need to let our, we need to let our kids know this. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I'm talking with babies. You are who you hang with. Yep. You are who you hang with. Watch who you're hanging with. Because yep. you don't want to hang with some people that make you into something that you're really not, that is going to change your heart and change your direction, and you become something that you actually hate. Uh, which is what had happened with me. I'd become something I actually hated. But it's one thing. I remember a woman. Her name was um, Carol Everett. She used to own abortion clinics. Made fortune wow. running abortion clinics in Texas. And she'd come back to the Lord. And we had met at a pro-life rally in Steubenville, Ohio. And we were talking. <clears throat> and she said something to me. It's so profound. I've never forgotten it. She says, Greg, when you find yourself where you don't want to be, you do everything you can to justify being there. Yeah. 
You can't admit that you did something wrong. You know, there's that original sin, the original sin. I'm not talking about the garden. The very first one, pride, Mm -hmm. followed by a lie. So our pride tells us a lie, and then we live our life by the lie. And we can't be doing that because we know the truth, and truth is not a definition in the dictionary. There's no such thing as your truth or my truth or their truth and our truth. Truth is a person, and his name is Jesus Jesus Christ. So, And he said so. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Truth is his name, among many others. But it's not just a descriptor. It's his name. It's a title. It's who he is. So back to the Human Rights Campaign Fund. The the executive director there, one time we were sitting there talking. Nice guy. He was a really nice guy from Boston, lawyer. Um, Anyway, he said to me, he says, you know, Greg, when we get gays in the military, then the next thing we're going to go for is transgender. And I'm like, now I'm a nurse, right? Kind of worldly guy after this time. I'm like, what? What? Trans what? You know, transgender. Because the Transformers were just coming out then, too. And I go, what? what? Trans? You know, I didn't know what he was talking about here. I thought he was talking about the movie. No, no, transgender. I said, huh? What is that? And then explain that to me. And I'm like, utterly just dumbfounded. I'm rarely speechless, as you know. Yeah. Well, there I was like, I did not know what to say. And really, that became like the the switch I needed or that little straw that broke the camel's back. This is a bridge too far. And I'm not happy where I'm at anyway. Wow. So, And you, I, were yeah. you gay at that time? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. this is a gay guy saying, wait a minute, this is too much. Mm-hmm. And, there are and a lot of gay guys saying this say, is too much. You got yeah. gays yes. against groomers, yep. trans against groomers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we got to stop the grooming. And I got a great definition of grooming, by the way, but uh, that's somewhere else. So we need to, to understand that. So I left the, so there is when I started thinking about it. Then my father, who, uh, Archie Bunker, who told me he hated me when I was eight years old. Uh, had an abdominal aortic aneurysm the size of a grapefruit, and he needed uh, surgery, serious surgery. And so who did he want around? The nurse in the family. So guess what? The nurse goes and meets with the, you know, does all the stuff. That I'm, and, you know, I was raised to be, you know, respectful to my parents and da-da-da-da. So being the nurse, I was doing what I needed to do for my dad. But I really hated this man. Kind of a love-hate relationship. This is my father, but he's an absolute jerk. You know, I could say something else, but no, it is absolute jerk. And um, so anyway, I was so that was happening at the same time. I was questioning all of this miserable for where I was at and didn't know how to get out. And I'm watching testimonies of people who left the homosexual lifestyle, you know, 700 Club. I wanted to go through the TV and I wanted to just go through the TV and choke Pat Robertson. Um, I, I have been on his show probably in the last, you know, 30 years, probably 20 times, either in a news interview or part of a story or something wow. like that. So God has a sense of humor. There was the uh, lady with the pink wig, you know, on TBN. You know, she would be talking about that. They had a panel discussion. And that's one night when I did call TBN. And um, uh, I wanted out, but I didn't know how to get out. And I said the sinner's prayer. And I knew the sinner's prayer. I'd led people in the sinner's prayer. But there weren't any bells or whistles. There wasn't any lightning. But I did have peace that night. And I started my journey to renew my mind to take every thought captive and bring it to the obedience of Christ. Wow. Now, I just put out three scriptures right there in a row, all from the Apostle Paul, yes. but all of it's right. He was truly the first psychologist, Christian psychologist, mm-hmm. was Paul, because he understood it. But this is all biblical. Yes. Because, you know, God made our mind, our brain, our bodies, yes. and he made the rules for which these bodies operate. Yeah. You go outside right. that, 
You, if yeah. you don't follow the manufacturer's guidelines, things don't work well. Yeah, it's like putting, you know, kerosene in a gasoline engine. It will not, th- so things will not go well. Yep. Paul was a couple thousand years ahead of his time Absolutely. in the sense that the brain has neuroplasticity. Right. So it is possible to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's, it's, so, so Paul was really Amen. ahead. Very ahead of and, his time. And so, so now, okay, so you, you're getting saved. You're, you're on this journey now. And then, so what happened? Tell me what happens in your relationships and tell me what happens in, uh, even, I wanna get into your political, how there was, a, there was a transformation in terms of, like you went, you were in one way and then you went another way. Like, cause what happens is when Jesus moves in, a bunch of other things are gonna move out, right? And so I would like to just, if you don't mind, just, just from your heart, explain that you know, quickly but concisely and, and just how did that happen for you? Because I think this is happening for people right now. Amen. There, th- this is happening. There are a lot of people leaving the homosexual lifestyle. It, yeah. The more they seem to inculcate it and, and codify it, put it into law and call it constitutional lie, the mm. more people went out, the more yeah. they realize I'm not happy. This yeah. doesn't work. And that's where I was at. I was not happy. It didn't work. So I went I found a church, all that kind of stuff. But when I left the homosexual lifestyle, I was gone. I disappeared. I disappeared. I changed my phone number. Ghosted. I ghosted. I went away um, and just disappeared. And that was fine with me. I was okay with that. Um, I wanted out. I wanted to stay out of it. So um, <clears throat> the, the changing the mind part took time. First of all, there's this the relief I had of not the, the, the oppression of being in the gay lifestyle, which by the way, when I first went in it, it was cathartic. Right. Oh, what freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is great. Uh, mm-hmm. As the scripture says too, there's pleasure in sin for a season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah but when, that's, when the party's over, it's over and it ain't happy no more, it ain't good no more. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that the Christian walk is, you know, you know, all, you know, clouds with a heart and, and cream, rainbows yeah. and yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, good old sugar and caramel all the time. I love caramel. Anyway, caramel, however you want to call it. Anyway, the the the, the point is that what I'm saying is is that, you know, it it's about deci- knowing what truth is and following the truth and that truth is a person. So, um it took a while. This wasn't an overnight thing. Yeah. I'm still renewing my mind, yep. okay, and trying to do it before the brain cells die. So, you know, at my <laughs> age. So, you know, it, it's, it's just, yeah, I, th- this is a process. It's a continual, ongoing process of renewing the mind. Um, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you uh, um, present your bodies. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know. Got to get the body under subjection. You have to get the body under subjection. You have to control that. You have to know how to control. It's You have to be in control. That nasty boy. So, yeah, you have to be in control of <laughs> yep. yourself. Self-control. Um, and, and crucify your flesh every day. Paul says that too. I have to crucify my flesh every day. Damn. I have to take up my... Jesus said, take up your cross. What do you do with a cross? You put somebody on it to crucify them. And that per- <laughs> the cross you're picking up is the one that you're going to use every day to... Ha- Nail yourself yeah. to it because you have to do this. It's discipline. Excellent. And that discipline means maturity. It's called growing up. Yeah. I want to say one thing about discipline because this is a culture that doesn't like discipline. But here is the intention of God in discipline. God disciplines sons that he loves and delights in. Right. And discipline is supposed to take the worst <laughs> out of you 
and get the best from you. Mm -hmm. So when you think of discipline and correction, it's important to frame it as God wants to remove what is destructive and he wants to bring forth what he has put in. So that's that's an important way to, to see discipline because if you no, you don't, you see it as control. Maybe you feel it's like coercive, controlling, but it's actually to get uh, the worst out of you and to get the best from you. So right. I just wanted to say that in this context because this is a culture that doesn't like discipline and often doesn't respond to correction correctly. And that is that is not good. Okay, and that's true. That is true. Um, we we th- this is about killing our pride, not to be offended by a minister or a friend giving us something we don't want to hear. Yeah, you know that inconvenient stuff. You know, like some of those inconvenient verses, which is where my deliverance really came in. That you need to hear this. I struggled and struggled and struggled, and that doesn't mean. When you're born again and blood washed, you aren't brainwashed. History's not erased. Everything you've ever done is recorded in your brain, and the enemy knows it too. Mm-hmm. I think he was there when we were made. He knows our, he knows the specs, and he's like, "I okay, okay, I'm gonna wait for the next. This didn't work this time. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait for an opportune moment," as the scripture says. Yeah. And then he hits you with it. I just just hit you with it, and then it's like, where did that come from? I thought I took care of that. You did take care of that. It's just the enemy throwing it back in your face. So, and you got to kill it right there. You have to take it down. You have to, you know, take control and and move past that. It's like with forgiveness, which is where I'm going. I my father had passed away. Now the night that before he went into a coma, he told me he loved me. That was a a um, earthquake. Wow. I felt like I was a deer in the headlights. I was sinking into the wall. And a lady that was there, too, turned around and looked at me, and she says, tell your dad you love him, too. And in that moment, in my shock, I said, yeah, I love you, too, Dad. Uh, bye, Dad. I walked out, and he went to a coma that night and died the next day. I would never have told my dad I loved him, except in a moment like that, that was a gift from God. And to hear him say that, too, was a gift from God. But I still hated him. I still needed to forgive him. And that took years later. That was 1999 when I went through that little ritual. Because you see, God was chasing me down with that inconvenient verse. If you don't forgive them, my Father in heaven won't forgive you. Oh, come on. That's not right. That's not, no, no, no. no, That can't be right. So, and people need to understand that forgiveness doesn't let them off the hook. It lets Mm -hmm. you off the hook. That's right. It sets you free. And, 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 but see, the enemy can still bring back a memory and if you take just a few seconds to rehearse that memory, all that stuff comes right back up. This is why you have to have that discipline, understand how the enemy works, and understand you. You need to understand who you are, and how. And the enemy knows it too. I want to share something with you just uh, that I think would be helpful for listeners because you're talking about memories because we live in a highly uh, traumatized culture in which now – Everyone is very aware of this trauma. It's like the, it's like one of the new buzzwords. Everyone's got trauma, trauma. It's like, well, you got sin, and that caused shame, and that has pain. And so if you want to call that trauma, we call it trauma. But, but there are legitimate traumatic situations that people have been through, abuse, neglect, all these things. And we're not in any way minimizing. Something they didn't commit, something that was committed on them. On them, them exactly. yeah. And something that they didn't do or was done to them or something that wasn't done for them. Because abuse is uh, abuse is not only physically or sexually, also neglect is a profound form of abuse. Mm-hmm. So let's say someone is, is moving through a legitimate 
trauma where God is now bringing healing and, and the restoration of soul, like according to Proverbs 23, he restores the soul as he leads us and stuff. There's, there's an, uh, a deliverance minister named Art Matthias who brought up a point that I want to bring to the people here is that if there's still pain attached to a memory, there needs to be healing. So we all have scars, right? But I have scars all over my hands since I used to be a plumber. I have two scars on my hands from when I was in third grade. A girl named Leslie made me bleed because me and, me and my friend bothered her that much. But, <laughs> but when I touch the scar, there's no pain. Mm. So you know something is healed when there's no pain attached to a memory. Mm. So for those of you who are listening and you're like, man, like there's still a bunch of pain I just want to give you hope in Jesus that there's healing and that, that that wound can close and can heal. And yeah, you may see a scar, but a scar is not an open wound that can get infected and there's no more pain. Like we all have a bunch of scars, but there's no pain attached to them. And I want to let you guys know that in Jesus there's healing. Yes, there is healing. So... um that night, I, 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 you know, since this was chasing me down, literally, I turned on the radio, listen to a Christian preacher preach, and he was preaching on that verse. I mean, it was just one of those things where I was, okay, I'm not going to avoid this. So I took out a legal pad. I wrote down everything that Dad had done. Um, at first, it was a ritual, and then after a while, it wasn't. And I forgave my father, and that's when, like a week or so later, I noticed that the same-sex attraction was leaving. Wow. It started to wane away Whoa. because you see it was that unforgiveness that was wow. the bait of Satan, his hook in yeah. me that kept me bound. Do you understand that we're like, you know, we're supposed to be fishers of men. Well, Satan's fishing too. Yeah. And the trap that he has, he puts hooks in our mouths yes. that he doesn't want to cut out. Excellent. From. But the Lord takes the hooks out of our mouths. Mm -hmm. He takes the hooks off our bodies, out Thank of our Jesus. hearts, out of our minds, as long as we let him and we surrender it to him. And the thing that we do is that we, we somehow think that we have to suffer or that we can't be free because we're so ugly and we're so dirty. Here's the truth. You are ugly. You are duty, but dirty, but God cleaned you up. <laughs> up god is cleaning you up he's helping you deal with these issues yes. he's getting you to be a worthy vessel sanctified yes. holy submitted to him and this is where we're at right now we need to understand that there is there is sin there is hell there is judgment there is heaven there is grace and all these things are true but while we live here we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling this is where it's so important to understand we need to worship the lord in a corporate setting not to be shut down and closed off in our churches we need the fellowship of together in hebrews 10 24 and 25 don't forsake the yeah. assembling of yourselves yes. together. So the the other thing, too, is that we need the accountability of one another. And we need to be able to trust certain people. There's sisters so-and-so and brothers such-and-such -such that I wouldn't say nothing to, wouldn't share nothing with. Sister but, Sandpaper. Yeah, uh-huh. Well, that's too kind. Um, so, uh, so anyway, but you've got to be careful but, and use some wisdom. But, you know, there are times when you do need that accountability and you need to be real with someone. Look, I'm having this issue, da-da-da-da, whatever it is, um, and, and just deal with it. And sometimes the best thing you can do, since I spend so much time in my car and sometimes, you know, it's on the road, but it's a parking lot, and I just it's a good time to pray. It's a good night to have a conversation with God. Uh, and try not to let it be too one-sided, you telling him. 
<laughs> but but it, it's just so true. So um, that's my walking out. And I say this honestly, I am not done yet. I'm not f- completely fixed. I, in the Lord's eyes, I am his. But at the same time, I'm still crucifying flesh. I, I still have to deal with issues that I didn't know I had, new ones that come up. And there's always people looking to offend me. I deal with politicians. So just I'm in that realm, and therefore it beca- they're offensive just because of what they're doing. It's not even to me. It's what they're doing. And the attack they have on children that they're doing right now in New Jersey yeah. is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So there, that's, that's me walking out of that. I mean, I've had other issues and things, and life throws stuff at you. But, you know, now I'm here talking to you Yeah, in front of this fancy mic. Yeah, but so this is really powerful because, again, where are we? We are at the Center for Garden State Families. And... I think that it's important to, to, to say, if it's okay, can I say this? Greg doesn't have a natural family of his own. Correct. And only Jesus can make you care about something that in honesty is not even his responsibility. So this guy is caring more about families than folks who have families. Yeah. Like only Jesus can put this sense of love and he also, if you hear his story, it's very redemptive because it's obvious that he came from a broken family. Mm-hmm. Yet, he's fighting for the family. This is important because if you're listening, your past, your struggle, your situation, what happened to you, what didn't happen for you, doesn't have to shape your future. Right. You don't have to be a victim, even though you may have been victimized, you can release forgiveness walk in freedom, and enter into the mission, the purpose, and the plan that God has for your life. And, you know, what I really respect about you, uh, Greg, is that you have been walking in the same direction ever since I've known you with intensity and and, and just passion for righteousness. And, and I think that that's beautiful, and I know that God is going to honor that. I know that there's a reward for that. I know that you live in the peace of God because you're walking in the purpose that he has for your life. It doesn't mean it's without a struggle or without difficulties, but you're you're walking in that. And so, you know, if if you could say anything to us about engaging as it relates to our faith with policy or faith with politics or faith with practice, what would you say to people who are trying to make sense of a culture that is filled with confusion. That was a lot right there you asked me to do in a short amount of time. No pressure. No no pressure at all. No, I'm not. I'm sweating. Um, let, let's, let, let's do this. I, I first want to see, I was with the largest gay and lesbian political organization in the country. It ranks as the ninth largest of all independent political action committees, chiefly responsible for the billions of dollars in AIDS research and support money that comes from the federal government. So I remember the commercial. So they trained me how to do grassroots activism, how to read legislation, how to lobby my elected official. While I was in sin, I was being trained. And yeah. God, when he pulled me out, I'm taking those very things that they trained me to do and now yeah. using it for the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So bingo. There, that's, that's, yeah. My so, story too. Amen. Yeah. So it's all the things that we have learned. Whatever Satan has done to us, whatever we've been through, God can take it and use it, turn it around, and literally take those tools and use us as swords on the enemy, the very things that he's done to us. Now, to engage, it's very simple, folks, especially here in the United States of America. For us right here in this country, you see, we don't have a king. We don't have a Caesar because we are Caesar. When Jesus Christ said, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar and unto God, which is God's, who, we didn't have a Caesar. There, there was a Caesar. They were under a Caesar. Who do we have? We elect our officials, the government of the people, by the people, for the people. We are the government. We are Caesar. It's time for us to address the people we put into office, as which we're going to do here in a couple of days. And we need to change things. And it starts at the local level. There's something called the doctrine of the, of the lesser magistrates. So we're going to start with the board, school board members, Excellent. and get rid of some of those jerks. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, so there's no way to affect change without engagement? There's no... You can't affect change in your marriage without engaging with your husband or your wife. You don't affect change in your child without engaging with that little runt and telling them what they do and what they can't do and how to do this and how to do that and encouraging them, disciplining them, but yet encouraging them and blessing them when they do something right and in letting them know that you love them in the same way too. There's nothing is going to happen until we engage this lie of the separation of church and state Church, state, and separation is not in the First Amendment. It does not exist there. It's not there at all. Let me talk about the First Amendment real quick. The First Amendment has 40 words in it. 40. There are five first principles in the First Amendment. And I was at Rutgers University on a panel discussion, one of those balanced Phil Donahue-type panels, you know, nine of them, four of us, and then the moderator was, was, <laughs> was pro-gay, too. Anyway, so we had this panel, and it was on gay marriage, da-da-da-da, and, and I was on the four side. And uh, at the end of it, we had uh, a Q&A, and this girl walked up. Uh, definitely a lesbian, and started going after me. This is all because of your Bible. This is all because of your religion. It's all because of your Christianity. So, whoa, honey, wait a minute. I said, nobody introduced me as a reverend, even though I got the title. Nobody, I, I never mentioned or said a single Bible verse, and I didn't identify myself as a Christian. So I don't know where you're coming off with that. All I guess I want to say is that, well, praise God, she saw it, but I never, we never made any declarations whatsoever, those of us on this side. And I was the only Protestant. The rest were all Catholic, okay? So I'm sitting there going, okay, so let me ask you a question. Have you ever read the First Amendment? Well, yes. I said, can you quote it? Dead air. I said, okay, can you tell me the first liberty in the First Amendment? Freedom of speech. I said, wrong. Wrong. Life. The first freedom in the First Amendment is freedom of religion, Religion. not from it. That's the first freedom. The second one is freedom of speech. So why is it these brilliant men who wrote this Constitution, who ratified this Constitution, understood what these extremely learned men Why do they orchestrate it and put things in order that way? Because they knew that you didn't have the freedom to speak without the freedom to believe. So you want to keep believing? You want to keep your freedom of speech? Then you better 
engage. Engage at the school board level. Engage with your dog catcher. Engage with whoever you're electing. Now, here in New Jersey, we have a constitutional problem because our governor is a dictator, and it's the Constitution that makes him a dictator. So we have some changes to do next year in 23. We need to change up the makeup of the legislature because the party in power now has been there for 21 years, and we have suffered intently because of it. So we need to change not only what's going on in Washington, D.C., but we need to change what's going on in Trenton and at our county commission level and at our, our, our local government level and especially at our school board level because that's where the decisions are made about curriculum. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of things we need to do, too, including school choice, because if socialist Finland, which, by the way, has some of the highest rates of graduation and proficiency of any country in the world, uh, has absolute school choice, then why can't the United States of America, huh? So yeah, how's that I, for I, engagement? Yeah. So we got to get engaged. <laughs> He's very engaged. That's a man who is possessed with engagement for the purposes of the kingdom. Um, can I ask you just another question as it relates to New Jersey legislature and uh, in the United States in general? Is it true in in primary schools, you know, in what would you call them? Great. What do we call them? Great schools. Great schools. Great schools. Elementary, elementary, elementary schools. Mm -hmm. Elementary schools. Are, are they teaching stuff about sexuality? Is that real? <clears throat> oh, this is another program, but let me start with preschool. You want to hear about preschool? Let's talk about preschool in New Jersey. You ready for this? Ready for this? There's a program in preschool. It's an independent organization called Pre-K My Way, and it's got some pretty hefty people on it. You know, former Governor Tom Kane, former Governor Florio, who's dead, uh, his wife, and a few other big mucky mucks are on that thing. And it's and it sounds great. Its mission is is to to um, uh, get our tax dollars to develop preschools for school districts across the state. Sounds like a good idea, right? Okay. Uh, we had a donor at the Center for Garden State Families. By the way, the Garden State Families is a Christian family advocacy organization. We're a 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can come to us at www.gardenstatefamilies.org. So anyway, um, the, the, the reason uh, she, she had a, a, a school district, I, I mean, sorry, a preschool. She had a preschool. And uh, she got a contract, a lucrative contract, with a local school district. She had to expand her facility because for some reason you have to segregate your paid population from the pre-K R-Way program. That sounds a little, hmm. But anyway, so she expanded the program. Of course, she had to have an inspection. She passed the inspection with flying colors. And then at the end of the inspection, the inspector asked her, where is your bathroom for the transgender children? This is a preschool. The oldest child in a preschool is five. They're still wetting the bed. They're not concerned about whether or not they are born in the wrong body. And okay. the only reason they would have that idea is some devil put it in their heads. Yeah, we had a situation with wetting the bed at five the other day. It's true. I want to say that his man speaks the truth. <laughs> you know, they, they, that's why they have those mattress protectors. Um, I need one of those. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> we should bypass that one. But, but, yeah, so that's just preschool, brother. Now let's move on past preschool. When we talk about gender identity and acceptance and body image in the grade schools, when we go to fifth grade and suggest that masturbation needs to be taught and learned, and then it's said, see, and the whole thing about these standards, that you are supposed to be able to demonstrate that you are learned 
the standards. So I asked in a school, uh, in a uh, committee hearing, I want to know, by the way, so how is it that a fifth grader is going to be able to demonstrate the skills of masturbation? And who's going to watch this demonstration of the skill of masturbation? Oh, now, Reverend Quinlan, that's not what it says, really. Yes, it is. I just read it to you. I just read it to you. Then go on to eighth grade where we're going to teach anal sex. And in eighth grade, too, we are pushing drugs. There's a section in there that has prep and pep. You know, prep that you see on TV all the time. Oh, to prevent HIV and AIDS, you know, you need to be on prep. You know, da 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 da. And so, prep. So, we're going to, what we're doing is we're teaching these kids to have these dangerous sexual experiences, and we're going to then tell them you can get on this medication, then you can have all the sex you want because you won't get HIV, AIDS. That's, what about a, the uh, anal warts? What about the other 500 to 600 sexually transmitted infections that you can get? What about the damage you do to your body by doing that? Because this is a simple biological uh, truth here the anus is an exit, one way street. Not an entrance. The <laughs> alimentary canal starts with the mouth. It ends with the anus. It's a one-way street. It is to ingest, move through, and eliminate. <laughs> Thank you for that lesson. That was best. Thank you very we much. We trust that type of science. That's, well, you know, that type of science, yes. Well, I was an LPN first and then got my RN. I heard about this twice. So I, it's just simple, basic anatomy, physiology. Greg, I feel like you hate us. <laughs> but you know what? The truth is... That hate is only truth to those who hate the truth. The, yeah, the truth is hate to those who hate the truth. I gave you that quote, and I get it right. <laughs> truth is hate to those who hate the truth. The first time I heard that was from Flip Benham. Really? You know Flip? No, he had to get it from me. No, I've known Flip for years. <laughs> In fact, you know his sons, the twins? Powerful guys. Yeah, yeah the Benham brothers. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I remember when they were teenagers. Yeah. I'm old, folks. You can't see me, but there is an old man behind this mic. I'm Methuselah. Flip Benham is one of the one of the godfathers of the pro-life movement Amen. in America. Yeah, Operation Rescue. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was a fa- you know. Yeah, we have so much uh, respect for him. He's and a obviously great guy. He, he bore great fruit. Look at his sons. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. So that's that's that. These guys used to chain themselves up uh, to abortion clinics. So they would have to, they, they couldn't get in. So they wouldn't violently hurt anyone. They would handcuff themselves mm-hmm. to the door. They, they had some wild stories. Those, those were, we, we need that level of intensity in this well, season. But now you're labeled a terrorist. Because yeah. you don't want someone things. to kill a baby. Now, if you're somebody who is burning down police departments in Minneapolis, you're not a terrorist. But if you're somebody that prayer, prays at an abortion clinic, you're a terrorist, you're arrested, and you're put in jail in front of your family, and the FBI is willing to violate the Constitution to do that. See, we have the Nuremberg trials. Some people need to know history. History is very important. It's not boring. It's only the teacher that makes it boring. I would have been a great history teacher. I, I really would have been. So uh, the, the, the Nuremberg trials, what happened was there were, there were guards and, and military men and women who said, you know, we were just following orders. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't know right from wrong. So uh, guess what? Many of them were executed, spent their lives, the rest of their days in pri- prison. Sorry. 
it's it's the 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 guy gets excited. I'm one of those Bible thumpers. Banging you know? the table. <laughs> Banging the table. God. Okay, now, but um, anyway, I'm Pentecostal. What can I say? That's good. So, uh, anywho, uh, the, the, all I'm saying is is that we need to understand there is right and there is wrong, and if you, as an individual, you will still be accountable to God, and that's an eternal judgment. What's here is very temporary and very short, and the older I get, the no, I, I so realize just how short life is. And since I've watched and done so many funerals and done so many eulogies and buried so many people, wow. all I can tell you is life is extremely short. Wake up and realize that how you're living your life, if it isn't according to the manufacturer's guidelines, if it doesn't line up with the Holy Bible, then you're not living a life. You're living a death. I have parents who have children who have transitioned, who had their breasts removed, all this kind of, I tell them, do everything you can to maintain a relationship because they need to know you're a safe place to come back to when they finally realize that where they are at is wrong. Yeah. And then you, it, 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 this is what's happening there, but so many people are doing this. And then they have their little enclaves, the little gay neighborhoods, the little gay homes, these little gay apartment buildings where they constantly feed each other the end of their lifestyle. Right. That's what Jesus. I'm saying. You are who you hang with. Yep. And who you hang with reinforces what you're doing, right. even if what you're doing is destructive right. and will send you to an eternal hell. There is a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. Mm -hmm. And this is why anybody who's listening to this, if you don't know Jesus Christ, just cry out to him and ask him to save you mm -hmm. and accept him and then find a church, find a pastor who believes in the Bible and go to them and then sit at their feet and learn. Mm -hmm. Get discipled. Get get fed the word. Understand what the manufacturer's guidelines are for your life. And you can always contact this show right here to find out, and they'll guide you and direct you to wherever you are in the world. We'll find somebody for you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much, Greg, for being with us today. We, we love you. There's no way we can – there's so many. This is like a to-be-continued part right. 29 um, of just how much of a wealth of – resource, experience, passion, information you are. But again, I wanna direct people to the Center for Garden State Families. So it's gardenstatefamilies.org. Correct. Uh, I encourage you to go there, visit them, support them financially. Uh, this is good ground to sow into, to partner with. They're fighting for families, they're fighting for truth, they're fighting for you. And uh, they're fighting in the spirit of grace and uh, motivated by love. And um, so I just wanted to encourage you again to go to GardenStateFamilies.org. Thanks for listening. If this has been a blessing to you, I would really appreciate if you could share it and also write a review wherever you're listening. If it's on Spotify, uh, Apple, Google, wherever you are, if you would write a review for us, that'd be awesome. We'd really appreciate that. Bless you. Thanks for listening. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK Kim and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed. <laughs>